Hey, Crouton. Nice to see you. Um, Likewise. Last. Was this going to be our last pot of the year? Or are we going to do oh, another one here? We got another one next week. We got another one next. We one, oh, that'll, be the, that'll, that'll be the really the last one of the year, huh? That'll be the last one of the year. Yeah. It also might be the last one. I, I don't know. We'll figure out if I'm going to take January off from the pot too. Taking January. Oh man. I know. I don't know. We've never thought about that. Or maybe, yeah. ooh, maybe you're just going to run the pod in January. <laughs> oh, God. Solo pods? This would be me doing soliloquies like you do on LFG every day. Exactly. I don't <laughs> think the people, <laughs> we don't need to punish the people like that in the new year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would do it. I would stop <laughs> just to listen to you talk. <laughs> about I don't have that silky baritone first. And then second, you know, I don't have a lot of practice just kind of, um, Going un- uninterrupted there with no well, no sort of know, prompt. We saw that the Cardinale uh, didn't seem to mind. The I Card- could do game game shows, and, you know, like trivia and all sorts of whatever. Skits. What did they do? Skits, I think. I think oh yeah, <laughs> it was a really good fourth grade presentation. Of course, for those who don't know, we're referencing the fact that um, God, it's been over a year, about fifteen months ago. Uh, franchises were were given the chance to run an LFG, uh, and the Cardinale were like, "Oh, we'll go first. We've got this." Because, uh, and they they ran LFG, and it was, I remember calling it like a seventh grade class proposal, like presentation, a variety shows. I think that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> it was so bad and the, it turned out and everybody just destroyed them mercilessly for it but it, it turned out that yeah it's kind of kind of hard to do with three stones it's so hard that we didn't even I, I think we did maybe a couple more days and then i know that we were towards the end and i was thankful for that and we never even got to oh no us. we just like it, kinda, i, I kind of just pulled the plug on it after after that you know yeah yeah <laughs> i was thankful because i i fully acknowledge how difficult it would be and uh i didn't have any great ideas and i knew that i was gonna do just as poor a job as, as they did but. well so even though it's funny to me to imagine just making you run the show we'll, <laughs> we'll figure something out i i don't mind um, i'd have to bring i'd have to bring guests on but i could do that but yeah well that might that might be it and you 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 know retro join you i think well, i just a conversation between crouton and retro would be probably the most listened to episode ever Oh no, no, no! No one can rival the uh, the draw that old threes brings in, but uh, it would be pretty fun to talk to to Rat, you know, on on uh, a recorded uh, sort of sort of pod. I think That's I think we're king, king of king of Valentine's over there. On the fly, we are programming January. Regardless, this is great, and we're doing it. I like it. Listening. Um, so here's what we're going to do today. Uh, we're going to catch up at the end. Um, how far we've advanced in, in the, the holiday uh, drop and the holiday um, event that we have going on right now, the Feast of the Sever Fishes, which is heating up. Uh, this week's LFGs were like some of the most fun we've had in a while as, you know, I introduced the new mechanic, we'll, but we'll talk about it at the end. Um, but what I wanted to do is we have, we've got new folks, okay? Um, we got some new collectors who are <laughs> coming to the project at uh, a very strange time in that season is ended. Um, 
events are, you know, it's, we, we don't have full blown events happening. Uh, and for the first time in a while, we have new people coming in where there's a lot of history. There's a lot going on and we haven't really done a, a real sort of intro to the project. And I thought it'd be good right now if you and I, and we've never done this. I've done this with Kitsch a couple of times in the past. But if you and I talk through, how does this thing work? Like what's going on? I think that sounds great. That's going to be fun. Um, and so, you know, I think a good way to look at this is an understanding of the narrative that's that's being laid out, right? And it's been a while since we've talked about the idea, but this comes from something that I've kicked around in my head since I was a kid, okay, of a parallel universe wherein the baseball league, the baseball teams are made up of whatever their team mascot is. And I've said it for years, right? It's, as a kid, I imagined real-life Tigers Right, playing against real life giant humans, so the tigers versus the giants, or cats versus giants. Right, um, so that that's where it starts. And then as I play with it over years, and it grows into this thing that I start painting in my my early forties. Okay, um, it's, a, it's a it's it's a narrative of this parallel universe wherein what you are determines, like your grouping in life okay and so the teams when we always we talk about teams and we call them franchises right um are representations of for example the cat moms being predominantly women but cat mom type people with their cats and they're celebrated as all being on a baseball team and that particular baseball team is something that runs over decades it's not one team of 25 cat moms when we talk about like the cat moms when you look at my artwork okay there's 1964 1977 1987 1989 etc okay 1983 1978 right um and so you can imagine that in 1978 there would have been 25 cat moms there would be another mix of 25 cat moms in 77 maybe some of the ones on 77 would be there in 78 as well right is that a good way to explain sort of what we're talking about with a team is a reference point to this long-running franchise of one particular concept. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. And, you know, to your point, there's teams and rosters change from year to year. Um, they can. Players can move from one team to another. Right. You can you can be traded. You can be released and then signed again. However, it is that you make your way across things. Okay, you can play for multiple teams. We've got multiple characters in this in the narrative that have make appearances on different teams. Okay. Um, because people tend to be more than just the one thing in their life, right? People have multifaceted that shows right. up things. So when when we're talking about the the main narrative of the project that brings it all to bear okay it, it's this idea of building out this 
parallel world wherein what you are determines which baseball team you play for. Okay. Now, I reference, you know, right now we've we built out eight total franchises. Okay. And each of those franchises so far has 18 players or paintings that represent them, right? Um, the spread out over multiple decades, going back to the, the earliest that we've minted is in the 50s, okay, uh, 1953, right? Um, and the most recent is 1990, okay? Um, I can tell you that there are earlier than 53 in the soon-to-be-minted uh, scout leaders, okay, and later than 90 in both the scout leaders. So scout leaders have an earlier than 53 and a later than 90, which then become the earliest and the, the latest, right? But um, but that's 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 sort of the what we refer to as base cards, okay? That's the base, the foundation, the entry point of the project, okay? Um, then we have sort of auxiliary um, peripheral works, okay? Which for the most part we refer to as inserts. And that's a reference to old baseball, even modern baseball uh, cards, wherein you would have your main set You'd open a pack that'd be main set, and maybe there would be something inserted in there that was like a subset or a, a little spin-off or something like that. Okay, so you got your inserts in your base. Um, the inserts tend to have uh predominantly they're they're very high edition and they tend to have a utility uh assigned to them. Um, and all inserts have a specific utility, and all inserts have a, a broader. Okay. Every, every insert can be used, doesn't matter how many of them there are, as a burn to enter into drawings for new works, straight up. Okay. But um, the idea here was moving beyond just the, the structure, the, the narrative of parallel universe, what you are is the team you play for. Okay. Well, it allows me with the inserts to create sort of sideline stories or mini event references or some something that isn't that it that, that tells a more complex but maybe more truncated version of a story uh that runs alongside of these and sometimes i'll weave in and out between the actual narrative pieces and the characters represented some sidelines to give you more in depth into who they are as a person um how they come to be a member of the subs, okay, or how they come to be a catalog, right? Uh, and and this is where um, I think it's probably, and maybe I'd like to hear your, your response to this. I think it's it's an easy uh, explanation and comprehension of the project if I just said, hey, I just have a parallel universe where I paint these players on these teams based on their personal characteristics. Easy enough. That's like just typical run of paintings where that's like a theme to those paintings, right? Yeah. Where I introduce the idea of inserts and the and the subplots and the, and all the connected tissue there is where it starts to be a very thick and and 
complex interwoven project. And, and now it starts being a thing that is unlike anything else in the in the painting space, certainly, right? But you know, really it just throughout and, and what it allows, and now we bring in that idea of blockchain and and all these elements that allow me to to play with all of that. Um, it really is sort of the, the inserts and their mechanics that start to set this apart as something unique. I agree. And before you go any further, I just want to, I'd say just on a really high level, and generally speaking, your goal is to turn inserts into base cards. Generally speaking, no, I, I, yeah, absolutely, and that's what that's what I, I that's why croutons a part of this conversation rather than me just explaining what it is because I want somebody who who participates in it and lives in it and wants to figure out what they're doing and how they collect and why they collect and all these things. Croutons is one of the finer examples of it, um, but you're right. At the end of the day, what you're doing is furthering the creation and distribution of the main narrative pieces. We want to see, we want to get, I've already said that we're going to get to 30 teams, okay? And their correlated team, okay? So so in other words, two sides of the coin, 30 coins, 60 teams and franchises spread out over many, many decades, okay? Um, in doing that, I've built all of these mechanics on the side, the peripheral stuff, the inserts to help us unlock all of these pieces. Yeah. No, it's, it's really well said. I, the only reason I wanted to add that is because, you know, if, if someone says, okay, I got it. So there's base cards and there's inserts. Okay. You know, it's like, okay. So yeah, essentially you can, you don't ever really get the right to, you can't just say, I want this many base cards. Give me those. Um, the only way you can do that is by guaranteeing them via burning other base cards. But before we get into that, essentially, there are times where we're able to buy as many bulk inserts as you choose. And that's the only time you really get to do that in this particular universe. And then you're going to use those for a very, very long time, not just you know the next season or whatever. Um, many, many, many seasons and many years. You could be using those in various ways, whether that's their specific utility. Uh, for example, oranges are for bidding and betting. Uh, they also could be used for the bulk insert wheel. Um, so they, there's a dichotomy. There's there's multiple ways that things can be used. Um, but generally speaking, you, you, you have these very plentiful inserts and you're trying to redeem those uh, for chances to get Base cards. Right. I think it's, yeah. No, you're, you're, spot, you're spot on there. I mean, you, ideally, what you want to do, and if we look at at their values and the way that they they they're they're coveted and collected and hoarded, and people are trying to get as many of the the base paintings as possible. They're sort of seen as the the ultimate. To, to attain right it's like what you're after it's why you're here at least the at least, at least that's the first step right we'll get into what yeah yeah oh yeah no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> so so the, the idea is i i if you're coming to this project it's probably because you've seen these base cards okay 
Um, most people, that's 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 the first thing they see. Maybe they've seen an, an insert that led them to this. Okay, because they're plentiful. They're sort of out there. Okay, um, it's a oh, that's a wacky painting of a set of baseball card or whatever. And it's it's interesting that you're you're here to it. But even if you were to come through it through that, you gotta understand. Well, the reason that all that exists is because we're slowly on in, in two and a half years we've done this now. Okay. Uh, and we're just a couple of weeks past the 2.5 year anniversary, right? Um, we've released eight teams with a total of 18 players or, or, or iterations each, right? Um, and so, and those 144 base cards, okay, um, just to give you some, some idea here, represent 10% of all of the mints that have been done between... And I'm not saying total editions. I'm talking total actual paintings and pieces that are out there. About 14, they number around 1,400, okay? Getting close to 1,500. So it's literally like 10% of them are the narrative base card focused main project. And 90% of all of my work is meant to help you get to the point that maybe you can get some of those basically. And then, yeah, let me just hop in for a sec. And, and, You'd say, okay, so what? I turn in 10 uh, inserts or 100 and I get a base card? Well, no. And that's what makes this fun and interesting, right? There's a lot of strategy involved. There is game theory involved. Um, if you'd like it to be that, it can also just be, it can be whatever it is that you'd like it to be. You can take it as far or not far as you choose. But so, so, let, me, let me stop. Yeah. Let me put in there. I think. I think what happens is is you've got to understand what it is you're trying to achieve. Right. Okay. Most people are trying to collect as many of the base cards, the main, okay, mm -hmm. as they can. Mm -hmm. um, and what they've realized is because, just so we're clear, they are not for sale to just directly. Like you, you, you cannot just buy them right now. Okay. And it's been since the very first week that i created stuff that i just released them okay because there were no mechanics there were none of the peripheral pieces because they didn't exist yet right um they weren't available for, for for consumption yet but since you're not able to do that you in order to get them directly from me okay uh you have to participate in some of these mechanics to make it possible to give you the right to buy them okay or you can buy them on the secondary now we have plenty of people who have over the years simply gone in and bought the pieces um, on secondary market and that's how they built a collection and that's what they've done. Now that's how most people have done it. But by most the way. people have done it. That's okay. yeah, myself included, because I wasn't here at the meeting. Keep right. going. Sorry. Well, and, and but he, well, hold on, because once you understood the process, then you started Putting yourself in a position. So you're early, you, you had to, because you weren't here when the early stuff was released, you've gone back and filled in pieces of your collection and then understood how now. Yes. Okay. So, like this last season is a perfect example. You were one of the top recipients of, of pieces of being able to, to get them because you now understood all of the mechanics and, and were able to do that. So, let's talk about some of the, the, the mechanics. Okay. Um, first, let's focus on on these base paintings and 
and how they start to deliver um, what I call yield, right? If I'm if I'm speaking of it outside of the project, and I'm explaining like how it is that the that my pieces, you know, carry forward um, uh, reason to to exist. Okay. Utility value, right? Exactly. Um, so each of the base paintings, uh, they're released in 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 terms of series, right? Series two through series nine. Okay. Ones are just you, ones are not available other than they're one of ones. Right. So you know, don't think that he's misspoken there. It's just the the narrative one. pieces begin kind of series two through you know going on going forward. Series ones are only available on ETH and they're one of ones and they're yeah, not yeah, they're, they're treated very differently. Even even there, like you know, there are only two left that, that aren't in personal collections, right? right. Uh, right. and they're not available by that solo right there. It's right. it's it's a very it's a different thing. So don't even get hung up on that. When the time comes for you to to be a person having a conversation with me about getting a, a one of one series one, you'll we'll you'll know all about this project. <laughs> <laughs> so so they run from series two to series nine. Series ten will drop at some point in twenty twenty four, right? Um, and and on down the road. Okay. Uh, for the last two years. We're, we're dropping one new series a year, right? Um, before that, we we had an early it was a, it was a smaller community, it was a, a smaller project, and it was there was more speed with which they came out. Okay, um, but at the same time, they were like a small amount of people were able to get them and got them, and as it's grown with more people wanting them. The complexities into how you get them have grown, okay, which attests to their value and and their the reason people are getting them. Also, to the the moves that I had to make to prevent, you know, <laughs> what we call bad actors, but to prevent the wrong sort of people getting a hold of these and then taking advantage of those who want them. Yeah, I think essentially you were setting the board up to play the game, and that's why we were going so quickly, or that's why you went very quickly at the beginning, is because essentially you had to get the pieces onto the board and introduce mechanics, so now we can play, and now we know how to play. And right. we're still learning, of course, but um, yeah, that, that's why it's now one a season instead of six a season, because uh, now we have so many things that we're doing in addition to the main season. Right. So, so initially, it was just... Put you in a position to qualify for... You got it. You got it. Um, oh, sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 right, on, right. On right. And this on is what I want. I want. I want you to just you know pepper in all of your your responses to it. But as a result, what I, what I came up with as a way to to deliver a value to something that holds and and increases over time. Okay, to make them constantly relevant okay first of all let me just let me just say this um i have a hard time with this idea of uh artists or or projects or whoever selling an nft um to begin with okay um because i feel that for the most part 
and when I say for the most part, I'm talking 99.9995% of all things ever made. Um, visual representations of things on the blockchain, uh, there's no reason for them to exist. There's no reason for them to have been sold. And uh, ideally, uh, the majority of them are, are simply created and then sold. End of story. There's the the purchase of them and the the maintenance and the, the the existence of it start and finish with that sale and that's all there ever was and all there ever will be. And I had a hard time with it because uh, it, it it seemed to me like it was uh, very much taking advantage of a moment and taking advantage of people's misconception of what they were buying and their misunderstanding of it um, and was simply taking money out of the pockets of one person and putting it into the pockets of the creator. And then you had speculators doing that time and time and time and time again on the same piece. And it created a very false economy um, and a, a, a dangerous um, disappearance of wealth uh, from these people who were led to believe in something else. So that's where I come into it. I come into that when in the middle of this sort of hitting its crescendo back in 2021. And um, so I looked at it and I said, well, how, how do you, after selling a piece, deliver any sort of value to it? And uh, this is where the, the idea of, of ledger and blockchain reference of who has it, how they came to get it, what they've done since they've had it, uh, and, and how that plays into the 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 yeah, the, the well-being of the whole project okay of of all of the collectors and all of the pieces all of those things can be measured and recorded uh and and then look towards delivering well-being to the project okay and so and value to hold value to holders as well yeah, value, to holders, value right. a reason to have it and a reason to hold it right because well, okay. like why does it matter get inserts and tournament base cards why does it matter it matters because we so frequently say all three systems have future utility and by having future utility they have value they have a reason to exist and a reason for you to desire to have it in your wallet not just it's cool now i own it okay now what so so with that in mind okay i look at uh, uh, typical options to to reward the fact that you bought a piece earlier okay the most straightforward is um the idea of recognizing you as a holder of the piece doesn't necessarily mean that you bought it from me or you obtained it from me but that it it came to be in your wallet at a given moment Okay, and the reason I'm I'm breaking it down to that level is because I started to see where there were issues there. Okay, um, and when I when I say issues, I'm saying against if you look at other attempts at the time, going back to 2021, of artists and projects and platforms to sort of do that you know the people did a, a a drop on nifty gateway 
um, that uh, back in April of 21, it was late April of 21, that was one of the first over there to to really pull off this idea of allow, giving holders more of a chance or selective chance at buying cases. And um, at that time, I was months deep in, in exploring the transactional histories of Nifty Gateway and all of the pieces and what was happening with their drawings, where these pieces were ending up and who was who was getting them, who was selling them, how they were working. So I've been doing that for months. And uh, the Beeple sale allowed for only holders of pieces to enter a drawing. Okay. Um, at the time, and th th without getting deep in the woods on the exact numbers here, okay, but let's just say that there were a hundred different people that held those pieces, many of them holding multiples, okay? Um, at the time, they'd yet to figure out a way to, to give multiple entries based on multiple pieces held, okay? So if a if an account held 12 pieces, they weren't given 12 chances in that drawing. They were given one chance at the drawing. Same as if you only had one. Same as if you only had one. Which begs the question, why would I bother? Why would I want to even have 12 then? Right. Well, it, it absolutely does. But the answer became, oh, well, it sounds to me like I need to have 12 accounts. Right. <laughs> now, that means I watched. I watched as... All of these holders created new accounts, moved all of their their multiple pieces into multiple accounts with one piece each. Okay. Meanwhile, any knucklehead who didn't think through that and had three pieces and just kept the three pieces in their one account or one wallet only received one entry. They were penalized for that. Okay. Meanwhile, you were told that you could only have one wallet and one account. One per person. One per person. So the people who did that behaved by the rules laid out by the platform were then penalized. Meanwhile, people that didn't, there were no repercussions. There were no pushback. Nobody, I, I to this day, I still have screenshots of all of those transactions because I was really interested in this, right? And we're talking about pieces that were, you know, being sold for a dollar and, you know, immediately selling for $45,000, $50,000. Um, there was a lot at stake here, right? Um and you had major collectors who had major holdings simply spreading them out and doing this. So I look at this and I go, okay, so we already see some fallacies here to this idea of holder. And we said, even if we were to simply say, hey, have as many as you want, and then you'll qualify for that many entries. Okay. Um, it, it was just a broken system. So that becomes this impetus for me thinking, okay, well, how do you determine additional value to holding and to collecting multiple pieces? And why would you even want to have multiple pieces, first of all, <clears throat> other than speculative play? Okay, because why would somebody want three beeples? Because <clears throat> they think those three beeples are going to become worth more money down the road. And you'd rather have three things that become more valuable than one. Right? Yeah, more is more. Yes. That's that's an end of story. Okay. <clears throat> because the best case scenario would be you can get three entries down the road for a holder's mechanic. 
Okay. So look at that. Again, this is another sort of <clears throat> description of what's happening that didn't really match up with the reality of, of this a holder mechanic. Okay. And so I, I, I said about rewriting. And to me, the idea that the <clears throat> older pieces, first of all, all of this starts to change with this idea of series that I that I, I put out there, right? Which is not, there's nothing I created. This goes back to traditional baseball card collecting, <clears throat> even back to the early 1900s, late, late 1800s, shit, with old judge and stuff like that. They're released in different series, which gave you more reason to buy whatever product they were put in time and time again because they the only way to get the new series was when they were released at that given time so building my project around this idea of series that we talked about the different teams that come up i started to wait to like add a, a more substantial return on an older series and i the the structure the concept of it is that um Every three series, okay, so series two is dropped. So then you count forward three, four, five. So after three series, then in the, the following series, the utility doubles, <clears throat> the holder utility doubles. So every three series that pass, it doubles, and then it doubles again, and then it doubles again, and it doubles again over time. But what I'm talking about this is similar to to those beeples having an entry based on how many you owned okay you get the number of entries but they start to accumulate even heavier weights over time so if you have one series two down the road it becomes two entries that then becomes four entries that then becomes eight entries 16 entries 32 etc over time That right there is, is first of all, it's it, it's not an easy concept for people to grasp. It's often misunderstood until we see it in practice. But it's based around the idea of <clears throat> delivering a return, delivering a yield for holding peace. Okay. The percentage of slots that it gives you in a drawing, okay, which is essentially what a holder's wheel. Is, is made up of right um grows over time and so the older a piece is the more value it has compared to a current piece or a piece that hasn't matured yet so that yield is ever increasing over time so that's the concept there how what does that mean to a collector then for time? like what when you now get the idea that an older series delivers a higher yield how does that affect what you do with it so one thing i want to clarify it, it's implied Please. but you know again if this is for for uh someone coming new to the project i just want to could be could be overkill but okay so you talk about holder utility so what he means there is that every time a new base card is made available uh, there are several different wheels that gets spun and one of them 
that happens for every single base card is holder utility wheel. So he said that we have you know, 001 through 018 for all of the eight teams, franchises that exist now. So for every, there's an 001 for season two, series two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And there's an 002 for each of those. When he says holder utility, what he means there is that if we're playing for a series 10 001, every single 001 card that you have gets you one slot on the holder. Now, this is where the compounded utility comes in, is that every three series, it doubles. And this is where he's talking about one entry goes to two, and then three series later, two goes to four, and on and on. Um, so when he talks you know, about value and yield, you know, if you've got a series two and we're in series seven, uh, you know, I'm going back in time now, but when we got to series you know, seven, you were getting two entries on the wheel for every 001 that was a series two that you had. Whereas if you had a anything beyond that, uh, you were looking at one, one entry for an 001. Um, so that's, you know, when he says holder utility and, and value that it creates, you're getting more shots to get new pieces by holding older pieces. And then, so yeah, I wanted to clarify yeah. that. Okay. So what we're what we're looking at at this point, okay, if we look forward to to series ten, which is coming out in twenty twenty four, series twos have gone to four entries each. That's what we just had uh, for series nine. Okay, is that they had four entries, okay? Uh, the series threes had two entries, okay? Series four had two. Now, now as we move into uh, series 10, series twos are still at four, and so are series threes, okay? But what this means is the more that you have of these older pieces, okay, it really starts adding amounts to the wheels, okay? that give you chances of getting the new ones. Does that make sense? Yeah, and then just, it, it, it's implied, but I'm going to say it anyway. Let's say that you had three 001s from Series 2. You get that many, you, know, you, you get four entries for every single one of those that you held. So you'd be looking at 12. Exactly. So just so we're clear, you know, there's a, you, you want as many as you can get, and the older, the better, is what we're driving at here. Right. And by the time we get to Series 12, it was double again. Okay. So now you're looking at eight for each eight, 001 eight. you've got of that. So you see very quickly how it, it compounds and grows on you in this you know, exponential sort of fashion. And you know, just you know, before you go further, every single base card that's uh, introduced to the ecosystem there's a portion of those that are granted only to holders of that particular edition. So, you know, every 001, we're going to have holder spins 
and the winner, if, if your name comes up, and obviously the more entries that you've got on that wheel, the more likely that that is. And you can also hit multiples there. Nothing stops you from hitting. If you've got 12 entries on the wheel, you could hit 12. If we're pulling 24, anything could happen. We've seen, we've seen that. Um, we, we see it often. Um, so you can really load up. And the more that, the more bases that you have and the older that they are, the more utility they convey as they compound their, uh, their, you know, the multiplier essentially. So one way that, that I look at it, if I'm explaining it to somebody totally removed from the project and totally, um, unaware of like how this works is as a split. Okay. Um, it's as though every three seasons, there's a, a split, and, you know, in, in stocks, it's where you now have two shares for every one share or whatever the splits announced. But here it's just being a strictly a two for one, right? But the entries that it grants you double ever, and they ladder up after every three seasons, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's why series twos one of the, the reasons, okay? So there's two parts of the reason they're so highly collected. There are fewer of them. There were fewer people here when they came out. Uh, they were harder, you know, they're held by people who have held them all along and, and done that, okay? They also deliver a higher yield, okay? They're, and, they, you know, and they always will. They always they will. They always will. So they will continue to appreciate in value because they convey more value in the form of a higher expected yield on newer pieces, which two will compound every three seasons. So, you know, if you if you hit a bunch of series tens in series 14, all of those series tens are now two entry two two slots on the wheel for everyone. So you can see very clearly here how the more bases that you've got and the older that they are, the more likely it is that you hit even just alone on the holder wheel. And that increases your likelihood of hitting in the future on the holder wheel too. So you don't want to sell stuff. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. So so you're, you're, you're perfectly right there. And it's also what, it's, what it allows here, okay, is what I'm getting at is, okay, so series twos are, are they're not quite priceless, but they're very tightly held. And when they do change hands, they tend to change hands at much higher amounts. Okay. And so, you know, in a way, they're sort of like, um, even though their return is great, if you do pop, if you go and get one on secondary and, you know, it sets you up very well at that exact moment. And then going forward, it, it, it you know, the return is better. Yeah. But what happens is, um, the, one of the main reasons I came up with this concept is the idea, well, okay, well, what if I don't, I wasn't here then, okay? And I don't have the funds or they're not available. I mean, they might not even be for sale because they're so tightly held, right? What happens if all I can get are the newer pieces, okay? Or I can afford a, a more recent piece on the secondary market, they're out there, or I can do the things necessary and we'll get into to the insert side, but we'll, you know, I can do the things necessary to get the new pieces. Well, what I say is, okay, well, in time, you'll have this similar trajectory where they'll split, they will, uh, utility will compound, 
every three years. And so, yes, Crouton, you didn't come in. Okay, your very first draws were for Series 7. Right. Okay, so you've only been here for Series 7, 8, 9. Right. Okay. Uh, but next year, when Series 10 drops, your Series 7s that you got originally yep. will compound one level, and you'll be getting two entries for each of them. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter when you come in. The prices will be lower and on the older ones, but over time, as long as you hold them, okay, your yield grows in a similar fashion. Yeah. Well, and I just add to that, you know, that's why you say, well, why is, you know, I like a Series 7 more than I like a Series 3. Why isn't that one more value? Compounding utility, as well as addition sizes, I'm not going to get into that, but if looked at strictly from a utilitarian sort of approach because a series seven will never convey more holder utility than a series two so no it, it should never be more valuable um ignoring scarcity and future mechanics and way high level series two should always be worth more than series three right. and that's and that's and, um, that's, and subsequent that's, yeah that's that's how it's built yeah. And that's why you'd want to go back and get the older things. You want so to that get if you, as early as you can, as quickly yeah. as you can. Yes. Okay? Because it empowers your wallet that much more and giving you more chances to buy the new stuff. Okay? But it also grows at an even more advanced rate against the new stuff. Okay? Because it already has some built-in com compounding to it. So, um, and we'll... I'm going to touch on this, then we'll move into the idea of, of inserts, and then we'll come back to this. You'll understand even more so how it plays. Um, but as I as I devise this, so if we leave this as is, okay, and we say, okay, there were so many series twos, there were so many series threes, so many series fours. Now you're telling me that they're compounding. We hear Crouton talking about addition sizes. There are more people coming in. There were only twenty two. 001s made in series two. Now, when an 001 drops, there are 132 if we look at, at, at series nine. Okay. So, at a glance, that appears that you have dilution via addition sizes. Okay. Uh, in which case you go, oh, well, this eventually there's going to be so many of these that holder utility will be, it's a drop in a, in a gigantic bucket. Okay. And so as I conceived of this compounding holder utility and I looked at, well, what happens if we just keep making these pieces? Well, we run into a glut. Okay. Where now we bring in this idea where I'm constantly... Okay, calling in these older pieces to transform them into new iterations, new variations. Okay, um, which now you see addition sizes go from a hundred plus being cut down to forty. Okay, during for now, for yeah. now, for now. Yeah. okay, and they will constantly be brought in. Okay, whether it's in a painting mechanic or in a or correlated mechanic or in unannounced mechanics down the road, 
but I will constantly work at winnowing down those early addition sizes with the, the compounded ultra utilities and ultra yields, okay? Well, I constantly entice you to bring them in and get, you know, more and more rare and scarce variations and variations. So what we have is we've got steps and mechanics built in to reduce addition sizes even as we grow addition sizes. Okay. So we'll come back to that after this. But but essentially, um the longer that you're able to hold on to having your wallet possession uh, a, a series of base card, uh, uh, the narrative pieces, um, the more chances it should give you over time to get them. So we, we talked about main focus is get these base cards, okay? Over time, they will start to deliver newer base cards to you, okay, via yield, okay? Um, but what I think is, and I, I I really like that approach, and I think it's innovative, and I think it 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 makes sense in a an art market in a in a blockchain situation, uh, ways that you can track all of these. Okay, um, but I think I'm probably most known in my innovation to mechanics for the bulk insert approach. Okay, which is to take these what I initially deemed as utility tokens, okay, which is, I mean, I call them inserts from, from the very first one, but um, this idea of, A, giving them uh, very low prices to start. Um, uh, they've always been, you know, uh, the lowest price to, of any of my releases, even though even my primary stuff for, for the narrative stuff was cheap too, right? But but you know the very very low entry point, and uh, the idea being that you want to get a high volume of them. Okay, and the first way that they come into play, okay, uh, regardless of their specific utility. You know, Pruton mentioned that orange is for bidding and betting, and yellows are for team events, and, and blues and reds are for voting, on and on and on. We, and sometimes they have multiple uses as, as you go. Um, but at their core, every insert allows you one slot on the bulk insert burn wheel, okay? Um, and what we've built towards, uh, it took a while, it took us some time to get there to where there was understanding of the, of the full mechanic, but the number of bulk inserts burned during a particular base card narratives series season drop determine the addition size of a given painting. Okay. So, in other words, every one of the inserts that you burn, that you were able to get very cheaply, okay, every one that you burn gives you one chance on a wheel against all of them. So um, the number you burn is the number of slots on that wheel. If you were to burn 100, you'd have 100 different slots on a wheel along with all of your peers and all of the number that they have burned, okay? Ideally, um, the number that you burn, uh, there it's formulaic to determine how many exact additions come out, 
Okay. But theoretically, if you burned 100, you could possibly get 100 hits. Yeah. If there were 100 if there minimum were 100 hits, on, right. on there and, and you were very lucky or whatever, yes. It's, so it's not about, oh, I hit one, now I'm done. It's just like Holder. If you if you had... If you're on... 10, the, yeah, you yeah. could hit all 10. Same on board. We have seen... Okay. The highest amount that one person has burned on one wheel in one one day, three thousand six hundred and sixty-six. Okay, um, and that day, over thirty-one thousand total inserts were burned. So the wheels had thirty thousand plus names on them uh, as we spun along, and so your one hundred would give you one hundred and thirty-one thousand. You know, and so uh, you're determining how many chances you're you're getting, but at the same time determining how many are totally created. There's a formula that determines how many uh, additions are, are placed out there. And so we have our minimum that are are held for holders. We have the number created by by the additions. We have a baseline. Uh, this is a little complex here, but what what I'm getting at is it's possible. And we saw it happen a few times in season 10, where the number of slots reserved for holders actually grew. There were more holder slots delivered because the amount of inserts that were burned in bulk drove the addition sizes up. So then you had more. It was 32 minimum. So no matter what, you had at least 32 slots, 32 editions held for holders, but we had multiple times where that went above to like 38 and 40, right? Uh, never below in series. Never nine. below, right. Yeah. That, was the, that was the floor, and it could go up from there depending on people's decision-making about how many bulk inserts you burn. Right. Um, so conveys even more theoretical utility to holders in a scenario where the collective community is overdriving baseline, your holder utility is even more powerful. And by extension, then compounded utility is more valuable. Exactly. On and on and on. Keep going. Exactly. And so what it would what it is is when the whole, when the community, when the collectors come together and decide that they really want to participate in a large way, many of them want these things, then higher additions are created. Okay. Um, giving more chances to pick up these pieces, right? Um, always. And and so and if there is less interest there and fewer people are burning, okay, the additions come down. Except for your guarantees of thirty-two little holders, okay, and and what have you. Um, and so in that in that sense, it's it becomes this balance between. Equipping yourself, collecting enough of the earlier base cards to give you a chance at the holders, but participating in the mechanic-laden side of things with multiple pieces serving multiple uses, the core and base of that being it gives you a slot on the main wheel, okay? But as you'll see as, as, as we, we get to more in-depth tutorials down the road, each of those bulk pieces uh, tends to represent itself in its own 
selective wheel. Okay, so you have wheels for gelt and wheels for valentines and wheels for oranges and um, uh, different times. Three Zs, you know, all sorts of, it could be any number of things and we can get more into that uh, at another time. But yeah, and, and one thing I would say too, just before you move on is, you know, it's 32 older slots for now. And I, I'm not going to put you on the spot because you and I haven't even really talked about this. But what I will say is that in my time here from series seven, eight and nine, the I, number of older. I believe I can speak to this. that I think when you came on in series seven, there were eight older slots. Eight. And now we're at 32, which is a uh, number that's divisible by. Yeah, you can see how things would get there. And to your point where, well, holder utility is not valuable. Someone might say, well, holder utility isn't valuable because, gosh, you know, these series twos and threes and fours and fives, the early stuff's going to compound and compound and compound. And those guys are going to have, you know, hundreds of slots on the wheel. And we're only going to pull 32. I'm not even going to bother. There's no point. That would be a logical conclusion to draw if the number of holder spins is stuck at 32. Forget overdrive, I'm talking about just baseline. But that is not the case. To your point, it was, I guess, eight uh, when I first arrived in series seven, and now we're at 32. Um, you know, I would imagine that there's some sort of doubling going on given eight to 32. Let's see, how do we get there? eight to 16 and then 16 times two, 32. So I'm imagining, yeah. you and I have never even talked at about the, this, at, the next, at the next compounding of, of holder slots, it'll be 64. Right? You got it. So, so yeah, holder utility matters. Even if you're a long only new and I got the new stuff, that's great because holder utility will continue to double every three series. And that, I think that's like, you've actually never confirmed that, but I kind of gathered that from, my understanding of how this all works. So this is it's, it's pretty cool to actually have that confirmed. But I imagine a lot of people, even the old people who are listening, may not have had a, ever put a fine a point on it as that. But right. yeah, holder utility is. And before I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, but you know, so far we've talked about a holder utility wheel, and we've talked about a bulk insert wheel. And you could say, well, if I'm going to hit, if I've got a lot of holder utility, I'll just take that. And uh, I won't use any of the bulk inserts, no problem. And you you can do that. Uh, we've seen some people have success for a little bit of time doing that. But don't forget that all three sims have each utility. And if, let's say, you hit 10 on the holder wheel, you would still want as many as you can get for a number of reasons. And we'll get into why you'd want more not just for holder utility. There are other things that we do with them, and I'm not going to hop into that now, but I just want to say, you know, for a player, like uh, everyone, we often say you want to be on as many wheels as you possibly can, both, you know, in terms of the number as well as the number of distinct wheels, you know. So you want to be, you want to be giving yourself as many chances you can get on various wheels. So, you know, I've got holder utility. I'm going to do bulk inserts every time. I'm going to... Well, and you're giving yourself, don't forget, you're you're giving yourself not only your chances at the bulk uh, insert burn wheel, okay? But if collectively, if you're a part of the group that drives it to higher addition sizes, 
now you've benefited yourself on your holders. Okay. And, and every other one. We'll get into that right. too. Every wheel goes up. Not necessarily, uh, you know, on the same, but proportionally, it goes up similarly. So, you know, if you're part of creating an overdrive situation, it is more for, you know, yourself and more for everyone. And if you've got lots of bulk inserts and we hit overdrive, you would benefit disproportionately from that. And that's something we, you and I talked on a little bit in series nine, but yeah, sorry. I just wanted to, yeah, no, someone might say, absolutely. you know, and, all and I got holder utility, who cares about these bulk inserts? Well, you should definitely care about the bulk inserts because you want to hit as many base cards as you possibly can for a lot of reasons. I'll just pause there. Uh, we can go no, further. No, no, of course. And, and so I, it gives me a point to, to jump in because I, I referenced it earlier where I'm saying we have ways that, that start whittling down those, those the number of slots that people are accruing over time, right? And so we've had already correlated and we've had a number of teams that have been painted. Uh, one thing that we haven't talked about is that you have a guarantee. Okay. And so at any point, okay, um, you can trade in three base cards. Okay. Any three base cards for one new addition straight up. Okay, so a new a new a new painting is released, new series, um, and you can say, okay, well, I'll take three old ones, and I'll trade them in for for one. Um, we've talked about that compounding utility where you they go from from one to two to four uh, to eight to sixteen and and on up that way. Well, the older your pieces, the fewer of them you have to trade in. And so it goes, it's a reverse compound, okay? But it, it goes from three, okay, to only two, to only one. So at this point, those teams that have doubled, okay? So we're talking series twos and series threes, NFTs and monsters, okay? Have, have gotten, they've, they've now hit two, Two doubles, okay? So they've gone from one to two to four entries on the wheel. Well, conversely, they've gone from it takes three of them to it takes two of them. Now it only takes one. So you can take any series three or any series two, one for one at any point forever. Now You can't go to zero. It's one and it's done. And you can just trade them straight up for the new piece that's being released. Okay. So this is another, this is just another one of the reasons why you'd want as many base cards as you can get because it open there, there are many things that we do with them but just for now the first thing we'll talk about is a guarantee and you'd say why would I want to turn in three for one well there's a number of reasons why you might want to do that that's that's not as silly as it's not as might. silly as it, it it feels when you first hear that you're like well wh I would there's no way I would ever do that until right. you are in the middle of a chase. Yeah. Where you only need one more to complete a chase and receive the the, the scarce you know chase card, um, as t over time you realize that it's done quite often, and it's mm -hmm. done to great success when it's done. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a very viable strategy. Um, certainly, depending on other other things, you know, if you're not a big bulk insert holder, and so then you're not going to be able to put a ton of slots on the wheel for yourself and maybe you don't have a whole lot of holder utility for this number 
uh, well, you know, maybe I do need, and I, I have three of those series threes, um, yeah, and the, of the same one. I guess I could part with one for in order to guarantee my something that I need to right. Yeah, so that there are reasons we can get into it later, and I don't mean so, to keep right, interrupting. Oh, absolutely. But what happens here is this is another mechanism for deflating the addition sizes of the earlier stuff as it's in utility compounds. So when we're talking about the fact that oh, well, it's easy, I just get I just get a series two, and I sit on my hands and I wait until it gets me 128 entries on every wheel. Okay. That's 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 a valid approach. That is in terms of NFTs and crypto and diamond handing to its finest. Is saying I have this and I'm going to cross my arms and sit and no matter what I'm offered, I'm not going to take it. Okay. But the things that I offer as we go along, the chances you have to turn them into other things. And like we're saying right now, when you're up against it and you're a, you you have 11 of the 12 needed pieces to get a, a, a super rare chase that maybe only six people are going to complete. You bet your life you're, you're looking at what am I going to, how am I going to guarantee it? Yeah. Do I, I have to give away a couple extra coders? I mean, that's a no brainer. Um, yeah, or whatever. Right. An example. Whatever, whatever it is, like, how am I not going to do that? Okay. So it's, it's more common than you, you think hearing this the first time. Um, and it's a situational thing where it'll play out. But what I'm getting at is, okay, the deflation against these older addition sizes is rapid and substantial, okay? And you get to points where the addition sizes have been cut by 50, 60, 80%, okay? And now you're talking about truly priceless pieces. They are, they, they're not going anywhere. And we're only two and a half years into the project too. Right, into a project that that I, you know, I'm only in my mid forties. Um, and even if I were to be hit by a bus tomorrow, okay, there are people to pick up the mantle and, and, and go with it, okay? This is a long-term project and you can rest assured that all of those pieces will somebody be put in the position where they may they may have to burn them. Yeah. To, and to, to, you know, thirty seasons, and you said we're kind of doing one a year now. And you said that there, I'm sorry, not thirty seasons. I'm sorry, thirty series. I should right. say, sorry, thirty franchises. Again, we know that there's that they're numbered 001 for a reason. So just because we're on eighteen doesn't mean we're done. And then he also said that we're going to be correlating every single team. So that's sixty. 60 franchises slash well, no, 60 teams, 30 franchises, and no one ever said we were going to stop necessarily at 18. At 18. In fact, I'm yeah. telling you right now that we're not. So, you know, when you think about you saying, oh, you know, we got an addition of 40, there's going to be a time where that's actually not that small. Um, although it sounds like it is today. Trust me, in the same way that you and I are talking about how, well, why would I ever burn a series three? That seems silly. Well, Yes and no. Um, I wouldn't do it just willy-nilly, but there's going to be opportunities and times where it is the very best decision for you uh, individually uh, in, in your collection. So, and, and at that point, you're going to say, well, I have two of these and 
I mean, I, I know I'm cutting off my arm a bit here, but you got to do what you got to do. And you're, you're constantly tasked uh, with, you know, that, that decision you always talk about. One, do I sell it because it's so valuable? Two, do I use it and turn it into something else? Or three, do I hang on to it and wait for another day? Um, that's that's the, you're constantly faced with that. And, and there's going to be times where you're going to do each of those three strategies with the same piece and it will change over time. So, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And so it's a, it's a really interesting for those who are new and who've never seen something like this, you know, it's, we've yet to I, I've never heard of it being done in this way in any other project. I mean, we've had some, some people make attempts to take slivers of it and, and run with it and what have you, but um, the, all of these things working in concert are really fun. It's really unique and, and and interesting way it plays out. And as you as you get to it and you understand um, how well it works, um, it's 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 a great thing. I'm very proud of it. It's it's a, it's a lot of fun to put together and, and watch it play out. But um, as you're coming to it in a new way, you just have to understand. That you're you're wanting to get the the new uh, franchise pieces, the new teams, the new narrative pieces like that. Um, that's sort of your goal. That's kind of what what brought you here. Is what you, what you saw and what you became interested in the artwork and the way that you get them. Okay, is by either holding older pieces or by utilizing these utility pieces um, and and being ready to burn them. So. You know, this is being recorded at the end of December of, of uh, 23, you know, um, over the next six weeks, we're going to have some oranges available. We're going to have some some pinks available, um, which are the sort of pieces that become uh, those 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 utility pieces. that, that Building blocks. Yeah. Building. Orange and pink bulk inserts. For the so I, I spoke to I spoke to to. To the idea of base cards is yield and their compounding utility is splits, right? Let me speak real quickly to to this idea of of inserts and, and how I I see them. Okay, uh, and you familiar crouton with with futures options, mm -hmm. stock options, right? Mm -hmm. Give you the right to do something. Um, at, at a given time at a given price, right? People that don't know how options work or haven't really been exposed to them, this can be pretty complex and, and, and scary. But the neat thing is there's one, there's one asset out in the world that I, I feel is, and I've I felt this for a very long time, that best explains how an option works. And that's a concert ticket or, a, or a, a, a baseball game ticket or a sporting event ticket, okay? So the way those work is they tell you holding this ticket gives you the right to attend this event and sit or stand in this particular place. On this day, in this, this city, day, in this arena. This whatever. city, at this time. Yep. Okay. And so 
you know, a, a orange juice futures option gives you the right to buy orange juice up until an expiration date, a time, an hour of the day on a certain day of the year where it's no longer has any use. Okay. Very similar to, to the concert. Okay. Now, what this means is over time, if you, okay, when you're sold an option, whether it's uh, an option to buy orange juice or an option to go to a concert, okay? Or, or wheat futures or whatever. Yeah. Oil, real yeah. estate, whatever. Yeah. You can make an option out of everything, okay? Right. But the, the idea being that you have from the moment that you, you buy it, the option, okay? Until the announced expiration time, you have your the option, you, the, the decision to make whether you want to do that thing or not. That's how it works, okay? So con that's why I like to use concerts to explain this, okay? Because what it what you know is the moment the last note of the last song of that set, okay, finishes, that your ticket no longer has any value. Just the paper it's printed on. The paper it's printed on, and that's it, okay? Yeah. Because after that, after that date and that time, you can't go see the concert tomorrow. Right. That, that guy's that guy's in the next city, or that that performer is in the next. They're gone. Can't use that ticket to get into the next one or the next venue. Yeah. No. Okay. Now, <clears throat> this is interesting because the amount of time that you have between when you buy that ticket and that last note of the last song determines its value, which actually means if you're smart, okay. The more time between that concert ending and you buying that ticket, probably the more expensive it is. Okay. Now there are factors that determine that. What's, what's in demand? Some sort of run on the market. The big, you know, they start dating Travis Kelsey. I don't know. Whatever. If, if they add a second date, you know, all these, you know, all these things, they, it could change. But yes, it is a fluid. It is dynamic. The price is not static. It changes. Um, some exogenous variables. Uh, continue, but it all it all ends when there's nothing left to see. Mm -hmm. okay. When it conveys no more rights. So, let's get back to threes and what I did with this concept of the option. Okay, I love that. I love those options that approach, and it's a really interesting dynamic that runs a lot of our economy, a lot of our. A lot of the world's market economies are run through this idea of understanding time and demand and value and expiration. Okay. And so when I conceived of this idea of the utility token playing out in my collection, I based it on this idea of you have these things and you have an amount of time to use them. Um, to affect some outcome. The main one being, like we talked about on the main wheel, it gives you a chance along with everybody else to buy this, this work, okay? A very scarce and limited work that everybody wants because of its future utility, okay? But now I imagined, what if that option, okay? So 
if if I told you, okay, you can buy these inserts and then you can use them later on to try to get base cards. If that's it, if that's their one use, okay, and I told you, okay, and this you have <laughs> this this is for the option to buy the second base card released in series ten. Okay, and then it's really cut and dry, and it's very simple, and it's very obvious. Um, and it loses its value after that card is released. It becomes worthless after that card. Okay. By the way, everything I'm explaining is the pitfalls of 99.9% of burn mechanic approaches from all other projects and artists in space. Because that's that's as far as they go. But I'm not narrowing it down to just one time that you can use them because all three systems have future utility and can be used forever and ever for whatever comes along with it. Um, but I imagined now saying what if a concert ticket never had an expiration? Okay. What if you literally could present that ticket at any point at any venue? Four years from now, in a different country. Okay. And so that's the crux of this, this insert concept that I came up with. And then I said, oh, but what if not only does it give you the right to go to any concert in any country at any time, Okay. But what if at certain points it does some other magic? Okay. So what if you can take that concert ticket for that can be used at any point to go into or give you a shot at going into any concert or, or seeing whatever. Okay. But you could also use it to buy a car or you could also use it to paint your house or you could use it. And the only way you could get that car is with that particular insert. Exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Okay, so therein lies the, the 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 conceptual idea to these utility tokens. Okay, and then um, we overlay that across the fact that we have these paintings that everybody who collects them wants, and they're in limited amount, and they're they're very scarce and they're in high demand. Okay, and so you start laying all of these things over each other, and we have our our bulk insert utility. Can I add something? Yeah, please do. So, you know, we talked about the compounding of base cards, base card holder utility. So not only have you kind of taken the time element of bonds and removed them, I think you also sort of said to yourself, well, well, I guess, let me, let me back up. There's, we well, should talk about your two rules in your community because some people have just kind of never understood that uh, them or they can't remember them quite right. Um, would you like to give the community the two rules that way? I'm not paraphrasing them in any way. Uh, one, let's fucking grow them. <laughs> Jesus, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the third rule. <laughs> um, one, I will. Uh, these are these are my rules for the grow, right? I will do whatever it takes to maintain and grow collector value. 
There you go. And the second is I'll never fucking win off. Okay, I'm going to take it back now. Thank okay. you. There you go. So it's, it's been announced since the first week of the grotto. And for, for sure. And where I'm going with this is, so you could say, well, he keeps releasing bulk inserts. And he keeps even releasing the same color bulk inserts. That seems to me like that would be incongruent and inconsistent with the first rule, which is he said he's always going to do anything he possibly, you know, do everything in his power to work tirelessly to protect, grow, collector value. So if he's going to just keep selling more bulk inserts, how is that preserving my value? And how is it growing? Well, we talked about the compounding of base card utility. So you've removed the element of time risk on a uh, back to our bond analysis. You've taken that out. And then you've also, if we're going to keep going with the concert ticket analogy, inserts can also compound. And we'll get into that down the road. But just for now, in your, your concert ticket analogy, it would be like saying, well, if I didn't use my Taylor Swift concert ticket for the 2023 show in Denver, Denver. Uh, and I waited four years, um, in this analogy, and four years is arbitrary. Don't don't right. don't take me my word on that. Um, so you know, I waited an amount of time. You, know, you just say for the for for a future tour. For a future, that's fine. I was clarifying my four years with bulk and thin air. But it would be as if you walked up to the gate and presented that. And instead, let's say your ticket was in the 40th row for the 2023 show. But for a future show, if you hang on to it, don't use it. What if it gave you a 30th row ticket? So you've got an upgrade. It actually has gained value. It has improved itself if you will right so that's there's the compounding of insert utility here too and i just i know that it may feel like i'm, I'm bringing in kind of random thoughts but where i'm going with that is as more bulk inserts are introduced you might say well why would i why would i want you know the old ones well for a number of reasons first there are specific utilities that each insert has that can only be you know unlocked or activated if you will through the use of that particular insert but then additionally even if he's going to release subsequent iterations we call them cycles of you know, black inserts or white inserts or yellows or pinks and all the colors we're going to have multiple cycles because if we didn't then if you weren't here when we released oranges you're just out of luck, brother. That's not. How can that bring new people and allow, how can that facilitate participation in the project for new participants? It can't. Because then people who were here four years ago and have the oranges and didn't care can just rip your face off and sell them to you for $100 a piece. That wouldn't be healthy for the ecosystem. Um, but he also still honors his preservation and growth of collector value because those cycle one orange inserts will double in specific holder utility as a new iteration, a new wave, a new cycle of oranges are released 
essentially it's, it's half, right? So those oranges would double and i.e. then a new orange would be one. Uh, you'd need two of the new ones to equal one of the old ones. So in that way, the value of cycle one oranges doubles even as new oranges are introduced. Yeah, and, and so again, what this is where for me it's been so fun to, to, to develop all of this and build this out, right? Is to look at things that that are tenants of, of just your regular market economists, okay? That are sort of structured uh, and and taken as as you know the rule of society and and the, the mechanisms of capitalism, right? Um, and understanding why they exist and how they're in place and who benefits from them and who who doesn't and how it what, who's left out of it, the equation and all of these things. And so, just as I imagine a parallel universe uh, of baseball populated by you know a different type of player and a different type of, of person okay i looked at a way to infuse that parallel universe with a parallel market dynamics economically to build out the economy of that that world okay in ways that allow me to right some of the the wrongs and some of the shortcomings and some of the mistakes that are set out to to only benefit, you know, uh, one power, let's say. And so you're, you're able to, you know, suspend assumptions that we deal with as fact, change it in, in your world. You're able to remove, you know, these things like a, a duration risk on a bond right. or, and then, well, I want to reward people for holding that longer and for having the intestinal fortitude, shall we say, to say, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna use my insert for this right now. And to not punish that person for it doesn't, it doesn't uh, not reward the person who does use it. Again, there's there are no wrong decisions here, but if you just decided, well, you know, I. I think there's something bigger here and I'm going to wait for that. Or I have lots of these. So I'm going to use a couple on this and I'm going to save some for a rainy day. You're rewarded well, for it, all it, of it, these things. And this yeah. is, you know, the reason that all of the limitations that we just talked about, okay, uh, are in place in traditional economic structures, okay, is because removal of them makes the the people who've created them takes away the advantage. It takes away their reason for existing. Okay, if if if, if you were given the same eternally compounding yield structures, okay, well then. The governments that issue them or the companies that issue them can sort of be they can be weighted out the the, the power structure is taken away okay yeah you couldn't even have them because you know eventually 
we'd write so many futures on orange juice that we'd have, yeah, if everyone were to redeem it, we wouldn't have enough orange juice in the world to fulfill it. And, you know, I mean, there are economic reasons why it is very healthy to have options and futures and all that. But for the sake of this, yeah, it, it, right. No. They don't hedge against risk or inflation or uh, shocks to the supply. I don't want to get this into an economic conversation, but yes, no, there are reasons okay they to, exist, and there's ways that you fix it's, it. It's okay to, right? In, the sense sure. in the structure at play, in the capitalistic structure, they're necessary. Okay? There's a reality to them that is in play. And if you were to lift them, okay? The reality of the situation would fall into a chaos that it's it's unable to sustain. My parallel universe, okay, is made up of gouache paintings of fictional characters. Joe Malfatana. <laughs> okay, it's it's not it's or is it? I mean, that's the big question, right? Well, fair like, enough. Okay, because it turns out um, uh, two and a half years in, okay, that my economic structure works extremely well. Okay. Um, and who's to say that my baseball league isn't more trustworthy uh, or more exciting or more um, substantial than American baseball? Okay. Who's, you don't yeah. know. It's very early. Well, you know. Okay. This is a little bit of a deviation. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. What what, what I'm getting at, okay, is that in my art piece here, I get to explore all of this. And if we go back to that idea of, of why capitalist structures and limitations and expirations and and time periods are put in place, okay? It's to have some sort of structure to it. Um, but I felt in my commentary on this, okay, is that it doesn't do enough simply to have the rules of economy in place without, um, uh, and still allowing people to sort of just run rampant in the system and cheat and steal and, and be duplicitous in it, right? So the one element in all of this that I feel is key that we haven't even talked about is the putting putting into place an idea where, and this is where blockchain, I think, gives the platform and gives the ability to monitor and, and watch a, a broader economy the way that we don't necessarily have without the transparency of, of blockchain and ledger, okay, in, in the world economy. Um, but it allows us to say, hey, that person is working against the greater good. Hey, that person is not following the, the rules in place. Hey, that person is not doing that and putting an end to that and being able. So in the project, enabled, it enables us to look at it and say, that's not real. That's a manipulation. That's a that's a that's a cheat. That's a it's a game in the system. We have multiple instances of people trying multi wallets to get in there and all of those things, right? And so, um, as I conceive of of the the economic structure that works in the parallel universe, 
okay? And we're able to selectively go in and put an end to manipulations of it and, and you know, extrapolations of the market that normally would be impossible to do without. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think that's really well said. And, you know, the, the immutability of the blockchain, the permanence of the blockchain facilitates that there can be no funny business. We know who everybody is. You know who everybody is. Yeah. You can't, again, I don't need to know, you've always, you know, I don't need to know your name. I don't need to know your, your you know, legal name, but I do need to know who you are. I and, need to know yes. yeah. And that's what I've always asked, right? And that's right. what I've said. If you are going to obtain my pieces and not engage with me in the project and not understand that you own them, I can't get them out of your wallet. It's fine that they're there. But if you will not participate and engage with the dynamic that I've put in place through my art piece in order to say that they're relevant to the greater whole, then they are not. Okay, so we've had people over over the years pick up pieces and not be a part of it, and they just hold them. And they and I, I thank you for participating in my art project. Wish them all the best. Yeah, and they can hold them as a speculative asset, but they, they won't they convey can do whatever they're going to do with them. I don't know what right. they're doing with them because they're not engaged, involved with me, right? And so at that point, when we talk about this is this is interesting to, to bring up for those who don't understand holder utility that we've talked about for a lot of this, this pod is opted into by active participants. Okay. So when we're talking about, about those numbers and how, how many people have those pieces that go to two entries, four entries, eight entries, 132 entries or 128 entries, about, right? Um, as they get to those points, it's by opting in and maintaining their participation in the project and their engagement with it. Only those pieces count for that. And people who aren't in the project, they don't, it doesn't matter. Or if you get, if you get hit by a bus and, you know, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow and all my pieces convey no holder utility because I'm not participating in the project and I'm not, opting in, if you will. Um, so, I mean, you, yeah, they can remain in my wallet, but that doesn't convey the rights and privileges to whatever it is that right. you know, is being called in. Yeah. And so... That so, also preserves value, by the way. It preserves and grows value. I'd like to add. Sorry. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. That... That what it means, okay, is that you can't have you can't have somebody come in and manipulate manipulate the the structure. They can manipulate the value themselves, okay. Because if they are doing so against the the greater project, then they're simply not they're they're not acknowledged. And so you know you we we've had it. We've had somebody steal a threesies. Okay, yeah. and then we say, "Well, that's not well, that's it's stolen. That doesn't count. Not acknowledged. Yes, right. that, yeah, right. It's easy enough. Okay, in a conceptual, so if somebody, world, if, somebody yeah. if somebody right now hacked your wallet, for example, right? Okay, mm -hmm. and took all of your pieces. Sure. 
um, and then came to me and said, hey, I'd like to claim my holder utility for all of these pieces. Right. I would say that's that, it's not happening. You're not Crouton. Right. Back, knowing that that has happened, okay, we could easily put structure in place where Crouton claims all holder utility for everything held in that wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Easy enough. Uh, and if and that person would never be able to claim them against them. Th this is the sort of thing um, that's possible via blockchain and, and, and makes all of this work. Um, and then we have our very complex, beautiful project of built out narrative and lore and, and yeah. whatever you want to call it, all those words to, to come into why people like it and want it and, and, and do all of those things. So it's, it's a, it's a kind of a, a fun confluence of, of ideas and theories and practice and, technology that allows it all to play out um, million percent well and it, you know it, it it invites a lot of questions right you know you and i had a, a podcast wow well, and probably a year ago where we discussed the question what is art right mm -hmm. and i think <laughs> you know what is art <laughs> that's a rhetorical question art can be anything art can be anything it can be Certainly, it could be a painting. Um, it could be a sculpture. It could be. Uh, it doesn't have to be something tangible that you can touch and feel, right? A poem, a song, um, a thought, uh, a principle, a mechanic, right? right? An economy. What is art? And you know, I, to me, that's one of the many things that there's so much. That that it captures my own personal interest in this project, um, but you know there's something here for everybody, and I think that's what's really neat. And the, there's no valid or invalid reason. Um, you know, someone might only like the economic part of it, or someone might like the uh, the paintings, and someone might like the way that you use mechanics and. Or, or even you know, the, well, your commentary on on society or, or whatever the culture. It, there's so many things, and obviously you can like. They're not mutually exclusive. You can like it all, but you know it can. It has something for everyone, and the community. That's a whole other part about this, but you know the community being the art project itself. Um, that's a much larger conversation. And and so and I appreciate that and I, I agree with it and it's 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 fun and beautiful and, and and thrilling and exciting and and all of those things that it is on a daily basis for me, but it comes down to to the fact that it's it's here for anybody that wants to be here, and it is it resonates. I think if we if we were able to sit down with every single collector and grower member. I think we had, every single one would have an individual and distinct explanation of what they love about it. But they all want to be here. And they all want to collect it. And that's all that it takes. And, um, you know, we've had over the years speculators who who don't want to be here and, and, and what have you. Um, and I, 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 there's nothing I can say or do for them 
um, but wish them the best. And and sometimes it's worked out very well for them. And, and they've done quite well. Yeah. It can't, but, there exists a world where they can succeed. And I, that's what I think is really, we talked about suspending or being able to change the things which we take as law or gospel or fact in society or economies. And then you've sort of flipped them and or allowed multiple things to exist simultaneously, even if they are on the surface, maybe you know, two different sides of the coin. Um, a speculator can enjoy the project in their own way and others can enjoy it in other ways and that one doesn't detract from the other they don't they don't and that's the that's the the, the strange thing the only the only element of it is that if if a speculator chooses not to engage and not to be a, a part of it with me then then i just there's nothing i can do for them it, you know it, it still allows them to you know we still hold the piece yeah. They hold a piece and sell the piece to somebody else that wants sure. it or whatever. Um, but it's there's less of a of an interaction. Whereas there's so much interaction with anybody who says, "I want to be here. I want to do this with you," mm -hmm. right? Which is a, that's that's the that's where it gets extremely fun. I mean, we see it on a daily basis. I've been doing daily LFG for the most part. I would say like eighty percent of the days of the last two and a half years. Sure. Um, which entails me just interacting with 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 somebody with, with, with some group of people with with uh, uh, back and forth with people who who say I want to be a part of this and and they of course I can do more with that interaction than I can with somebody who says I want to buy this thing and then later sell it for more. Right. Well, you know that kind of. Best. I hope that works out for you. I just don't know what I can do. Right. Well, and you know, that, that brings me to you know, two kind of, yeah. It, yeah, these conversations, I feel like you and I can talk forever because so many of these conversations, you know, begin at point A and they wind and weave their way all the way to Z. But so what you've just said there, there's you know, two things I'd say, uh, you know, one is that participation in the art project is absolutely essential to drive it forward. Don't forget, just on its, its most, most simple level, we said that you said very clearly that edition sizes are dictated by the number of bulk insert burns the community elects to do. And that's an independent decision for each member to make. Um, but all of that dictates the addition size, which will subsequently dictate and shape the future, the narrative, as well as like options and permutations off of that. So, you know, the the collector is they are a part of the art project in a way that it couldn't be done without participation on some level. So, you know, you'd say, well, he demands a lot. And that's, that's you know, he won't uh, reward someone for just buying it and, and selling it. And that's not true. They, 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 
he cannot take the piece out of your wallet. Um, but absent your interaction with the project, with the community, it, it hamstrings on some level your ability to and or it, it, I don't want to say I'm, I'm choosing my words. It, it doesn't prevent you from doing what it is, but it, so much of the art project is this, is this is what I've talked about for the last yeah. couple of years is, is apathetic or, or 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 failure to participate that shapes it yes. in the sense that you know you you hold a piece but you don't help it become something else or help new pieces emerge or decide or or decide not to and that's valid too but you're still making that decision. It's right, a that, conscious that, decision. That's a part of the, the decision of what's happening next. It's, Absolutely. A no is just as much something, but a shrug emoji. Or, yeah, or, or I a, was actually, I actually turned my computer off for four months. Sorry. You know, well, that, that's not a decision. I mean, I, you get the point. Or, no, you need to be making that decision you know, at each turn, which is, that's what helps the, shape the project. At the same time, and this is the thing that I think, um, which is one of the reasons we're even having this conversation, I think, is at the same time, uh, a decision to say, I bought this piece and I only want to sell it for more. Okay. Again, like, okay. I, 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 that's fine. It's fine. I hope that works. I, I really do. I would love it if you did that. Um, but the the decision to do that and the, the decision not to be a part of any of the rest of it, okay, um, it, it means that there's, that's what, you, that's what you got. Like, that thing is not going to deliver new pieces to you. That thing is not going to, to you're not going to have the chance Okay, uh, to to convert it into a painting or to burn it for you know uh, trading it in for something, and that's that's fine. Yeah, if that's what you I think. There's always been this. There's been this in this idea that I'm not fine with it. I mean, can we just speak to the fact that it's a lot easier for me? not to work to build and deliver value against a piece. Then I'm then I'm just a fucking NFT artist that sells the thing and goes, thanks for the money. I don't have any responsibilities towards you. Right? I mean that's easy. That's why that's all anybody does. Okay. Um I've never that's never been my focus. And I think that's come off as resentment against somebody that just wants to buy a thing and then sell it for more. Okay. No, that's not it. I'm just saying I'm not going to work for you. I'm going to work my ass off for somebody who wants to be a part of this and wants to, to say, Hey, when I say, Hey, make a choice that says a or B yes or no. Okay. Do that. Be a part of that. Let's, let's grow that thing. Okay. But if you're not, great. I mean, my life becomes a lot simpler. And, and you're happy. Yeah. yeah, and you're happy to do that for everyone. 
That was always the promise. And you will, but it does require you to opt in uh, in order to, uh, you as in the collector, I mean, does require, there's an agreement, there's an implicit, an explicit agreement that you know, your participation helps shape and dictate these things. Like you said, uh, choice A or B. There's no, we say this so many times, not, but you know, this is the first episode for maybe many people. And there's no wrong decision other than not participating. That's there's right. no wrong decision. Yeah. And we've said that many, many times. That's the only wrong decision uh, in this project is failing to participate. Uh, whether you choose to do the thing or not do the thing, so long as you make that decision actively, uh, is it, that's fine. No one's ever going to begrudge you for making a decision. There's game theory. There are different things at play. You can do whatever you want. There's, there's no wrong decision. There's never been a time that anybody's been penalized for choosing no. No. Um, and I think it comes off as being penalized for not choosing. No, it's just no longer care. I mean, you no longer acknowledge it. Like that piece no longer is you've you've chosen not to participate and you've become strictly a speculative holder and i wish you all the best you right. know? Yeah. Um, well, and you know yeah i, I think it also in turn, just to get back to to what that means to those who do participate and those who come in uh and say oh i, I want to buy some older pieces but what happens if there are so many of them oh, well some of them um are simply speculatively held and don't have any yield or any uh, holder utility. And so as you, for example, Crouton, very aware of wallets and watching and knowing who's participating and who isn't and everything, you can look at something and go, oh, there are 82 editions of that, but only 36 of them are held by active participants. And so when time comes for the compounding of utility, it's not 328, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. It's 144. Yeah. And so at a glance, somebody who isn't in deeply watching and knowing, mm -hmm. oh, that looks like a lot, okay? But you go, oh, well, no, some of those people bought it. They want to have never been back they're just, yeah. just there. Yeah, there's some people who have been here for two years, and right. that's fine. And, and and it's still their piece, and it's still and every bit as much of a threesome as it was, you know, the day it was minted, and it still is as authentic as it gets. Uh, but it, it, they will not just be receiving airdrops of new cards for. Right. No, it, it doesn't work that way. It's know? never worked that way. And this is, you know, we talked about this. Uh, well over a year ago, you know, that I said, look, um, dropping a point to apathetic ape holders was one of the reasons that <laughs> that those pieces that the board apes, okay, are sitting at 15 to 25% of what they were a year plus ago. You know, um, if so the milk, been... not the cow. That's what that's what a lot of people did. They said, "Oh, looks like you've dropped a bunch of money in my wallet, and you're telling me I can just sell the milk and keep the cow, and the cow will keep making milk." Great, let's do that. And and then and then saying, "Well, that 
cow doesn't make milk anymore. So now I'm done with that cow. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess make steak. I guess. Yeah, that, yeah. Meanwhile, somebody's like, "Well, so I can't get any milk from that cow ever. Why would I want it?" Right. So I mean, it's it's, it's it, apathy, non-participation. It's everybody's right. It just changes the dynamic of, of what what those things can be. And so when I talk about this, the number one rule of doing whatever it takes to grow and maintain, it's for those that are participating. They're in the grot. They're they're collectors. Not doing that for somebody that has never stepped foot in the project. Can I ask? Oh, I'm not ask. It's a pivot. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I've talked about this many times privately, but yeah, I think given this is sort of a primer maybe for a lot of people, one of the things that I think we'd be remiss to not talk about that makes your project so different than everything else that I'm aware of is that that distinction in that your project couldn't exist without the blockchain. Whereas, as I see it, 99% of NFTs simply exist on the blockchain. And the difference between it must be an NFT, essentially leveraging the technology and features of the blockchain, your project couldn't exist without that. Whereas many, most other artists simply just make something on the computer and then charge you an internet money. And then that's the end of that. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a huge. Maybe that's too big of a conversation, but I guess is, it, we'll save it for another time. We'll revisit it another time. We've we've sure. talked about that a bit, but I mean, in in a nutshell, only through the ledger aspect, the the record of every piece, where it is, how it got there, where it moves. Is it possible for me to deliver the work that I make? Only that way. Um, you know, I've talked about it that, that when I, you know, years ago, a woman that I was dating said, you know, you should just sell these in a gallery. And the idea that somebody would buy them and walk out with them and break their connectivity and interaction one with the other was where I, I realized that that could, that was that, that's not what this is. This is a, I mean, this is a hard conversation to have that I have now very often as I'm entering the traditional art world or the fine art world or however you want to say it, okay? Where they're like, well, just sell the painting. That's what I understand. It's, you know, I have to explain to them the same, same way I have to explain to blockchain people that this is, a, this is art, okay? <laughs> um, I've got to explain to art people, well, this is blockchain. Sure. 
because you know in your scenario where you just described there where someone walks into the brooklyn uh gallery and picks out a piece and walks out the door with it you can no longer interact with it. it can no longer change into different things it can no longer um you know evolve and grow and come back into the narrative it can't be shared with the community. There's lots of things that can't be done. And then, you know, we, we also, <laughs> I mean, it's tough. We, we, we and I were talking about base cards and we didn't, we didn't really get into painting and correlating and all the reasons. No, I know. And I'm not, I'm not trying to go back to it. I just mean, we'll continue this conversation, but you know, there's so many things that wouldn't be possible to do in your project at all if it weren't effectuated on the blockchain right which to me but talk to that i mean here i've just spent the last couple of weeks you know i shared with with you you know some of the the work okay changing pieces that i had painted two three five years ago because of the blockchain interaction and the collector's participating, making the choices, deciding yes or no, having the pieces that we just talked about that became the other pieces that became this option, okay, to have me change physically the original painting and now via blockchain make something new that only those people who did the things necessary and had the pieces and have the provenance of showing, I got this piece, I bought this piece, I took these three pieces, I sent them here, I did that thing, I then did the form, I interacted with you, I have been a part of this, I've stayed and I want it and I want to be here. Here you go. So I've I'm in the middle. I've like been doing these for months now, right? Um, the, paint, the painted series you're talking about. Series. This interaction at all times, right? And changing them, they're fucking changed. Like it, Tim Stoddard will never look the way it did when it was minted as a base card, right? Right. And, you know, the, each individual who had uh, Tim Stoddard and some gray Marlenas and some colored Marlenas. I know this is a primer, so you know you're going to say, "What are all those?" We're not going to get into that. But what I am saying, but we had those pieces. Yes, but they had them, and they chose, and they chose, yeah, and they chose to combine the grays and whatever those colored Marlenas was, and then mix that in with the the Stoddard, and then they told you, "I want you to make a light blue Tim Stoddard," and then you, you said. Okay, coming right up. <laughs> and yeah, that that dictated, you know, their interaction and their decision making and their holdings. Uh, there could be game theory involved. There can be any number of things involved. Uh, but your decision making shapes your what you do with the art. So it, and then then it is minted and then it is distributed and the things that were burned are gone and then that changes the game that changes the board again everything we talked about in the 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 base understanding of what's holder utility and how it plays out and how it compounds and all those things just get altered time and time again 
with those sorts of decisions at those by the people who are here and engaged in doing it. Hundreds of different players simultaneously making decisions and interacting and choosing to do something or not choosing to do something and choosing to do something in a certain way or a certain volume. It's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's, there's so much, and I know, we, you know, we got to, what rest. is art? We got to wrap because this is, you know, this is a good one. And, and welcome to those new guys uh, that are, are kind of hearing this for the first time. Um, but we could go on for hours. And Kruton and I do talk for hours about this stuff all the time. We talk with Ratro about this stuff all the time. Ronimac, Dino. I mean, this is a lot of, of what it is because there's so much to to strategize and and plan for and understand and appreciate and what have you. But um, before we go for the week, and of course next week will be the last next episode of the year. Um, we had three more days ahead of, of uh, the Feast of the Seven Fishes, which is this year's holiday uh, event, holiday extravaganza. Um, people don't know this, but I was invited. We talked about this a lot during LRG this week. I was invited by Nez last year. Dino and I were invited to go to the Feast of the Seven Fishes and celebrate with his family. I was sick. I didn't, I, I, you know, last, spent most of last year sick. Um, but we didn't go. Uh, and so I thought it'd be nice to, to throw a little nod that way. And plus, Nez is one of those people that came into us because of Base Fish Mafia. Um, and I just, you know, as we put this together, you know, we had three different fishing adventures this week. Uh, we the the interaction was astounding when we have um, you know we're starting to see the different species come in. Okay, obviously we can't mint these for another couple weeks. Okay, but the feast of the seven fishes and we've saw three more species of fish come out this week. So we have the rainbow. We've got the color. We've got the prism. We've got the species. Okay. And now our fishermen quote, and I love, I love that you guys really embrace that this week, that you're all becoming fishermen. Um, but as you're delivering all of these, and of course we're, it's early, we still, you know, Christmas Eve is, is, uh, you know, Sunday night. Um, how are you feeling about how you've played Feast of the Seven Fishes so far? For time? Well, you know, it's always a little bit difficult to say, you know, as it's unwinding, um, it's kind of one of those things that with the benefit of hindsight, you're able to more more clearly see, well, you know, maybe, perhaps I should have played that a little differently. But, you know, no regrets just yet. Um, I think there's some exciting stuff coming up, though, that will really kind of help. It's I think it's a little early for me to say. What do you think? Well, I mean, look, we were talking about participation earlier. It's yeah. the sort of thing where... I think we've got people sitting it out in ways that we've talked about this. It never is going to do well by you. The worst thing you can do is not participate. Yeah. Um, but I also think we're seeing, because we're seeing some of the, the older collections, we're seeing the way that I serve Shigfish. We're seeing that, yeah. that base fish mafia connection that we talked about, the synergies that Chris Truman brought into us early on. Um, I think we have people who have, uh, taken a what do we even call it? I mean, they basically have, have decided they're no longer active participants sitting mm -hmm. on it's just, it, it, 
I wonder if it's hard when they realize down the road how Feast of the Seven Fishes played out, if they're going to look at, oh my God, look at what I had and look at what I would have claimed through fishing. Mm. I mean, we've. I think some of what would have been the biggest fishermen oh, yeah. as far as just straight holder utility, I'm not even talking about the burn. Yeah. And then you look at what people would have been able to burn who have decided to sit it out. I don't know. To me, that's one of those things. It's, I don't know, it reminds me of the World Cup a little bit. It's like the people that they could have easily done it that sat it out and then tried chasing as the rounds went on. I look at, at, at the feast and the approaching feast when we have the, the, the fishing competitions, we have the assignment of fishermen, and then we, we start to see the colors of the different species, right? I see, I think you have all three of those leading up to, to, to Monday. And then we have still the reveal because I can't mint them for, for another couple of weeks. Um, but as we have the reveal set for fishermen, fish, species, uh, and then, of course, the rainbow colors, um, I think you're going to have people that aren't in it that are going to be like, I fucking choked on this one. I know that. I I, I totally agree with you there. Um, that That's kind of always the case, though, you know, uh, especially as a new mechanic. Yeah. is introduced people people always you know we don't know how to play it and then you know afterwards you say oh boy i i really wish i could get a mulligan on that one yeah i think this is going to be one i you know this is the third holiday event and we you know first was very different from the second and this is different from the third but this is that sort of thing i i, I said it during lfg on tuesday that <clears throat> I think this is this is becomes a tradition. I think so, right? And I think I mean, everyone's loving it. Everyone's having a blast. Oh my god! It's some of the most fun we've had in LFG in a long time. Um, Jason was really funny uh, when he was <laughs> talking about catfish, which was great. It was I thought yeah. that was a nice direction to go, understanding the species there. Um, yeah, he got it. Yeah, he really got it, but. Uh, and Nez, you know, bless his heart, is really key to this. It was his invitation last year to put it in my head to begin with, right? Yeah. But I think this is this just becomes the de facto December holiday celebration because the pieces are so key. And and like we talked about last week when we sort of were teasing the reveal that it's. This isn't made up on the fly. These are things that I was putting in place back in 21 with the Shake Fish, uh, back in early 22 with the Base Fish Mafia, um, the, the barbed wire bats and all of that. And so it's just for 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 anybody that's, that's hearing this for the first time, uh, just know that, that there will be other chances at fish, fishermen, um, species, the, the, the rainbows. But but it's going to be a special, special set that we're here in December 23. So anyway. If, Wait, uh, yeah. Before we before we leave, I got to go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. That's what I was going to say. If you've got anything to add. Oh, I do. I do. You know, I think we should maybe get a little new segment here during this event where we identify maybe our Fisher Fisher of the week, our angler of the week, 
<laughs> That's funny. I think for I'm not going to go that far as to call it an angler, but um, yeah, I'm good with that. This is on the fly. I, I, I think, I think, okay, I, can I can I do the first week? Yeah. I'll give you my pick. You, you got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think the guy who had the best week fishing probably was Bing. Our friend from down under. You know what? I wasn't. I think he's going to win the whole thing. He might. But the, I mean, the fucking flat out dominance this week. Yeah. I wanted to say, like, Jesus Christ, were you like a fucking Bass Pro Masters fan when you were a kid, Ben? Because it was like, I hadn't seen anything like that. He got it like that. And I mean, obviously the holders is there because of Cardinal. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's it. That was that was obvious. I think only you got cat moms um, having a bit more because they're so base fish heavy that yep. they were there. But Cardinale, major holder. So he's got that because he's former Cardinale. Yep. But then for him to understand the intricacies of the burn, it's the, I, I would expect it from you just because you're yeah. sort of the analyst and the strategist. But Bing is like there. And yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'll say a close second was Nez. Yeah, he, he had a great week too. Yeah. He's he, you know, it makes sense that that it's special to him, and I think he's he's making making a point. No doubt. But I wasn't. I I agree with you. We'll we'll just give it to to Bing. Nez being a close second. I like the fact that we do a weekly. We'll do another one next week. Yeah. We got two more weeks after that before I can win. Yep. Again, um, it's going to be a while, but 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 you know, fishermen. Um, the fish, the species, and the ravens. Well, can can I say one more final thing before before yeah, we dip? Exactly. Then we got to dip because I got okay. Yeah. Okay, I love the way you wove Wayne Garrett into this. <laughs> I mean, look, it's obvious to me. It's it's the first time we see it. We go back to all the threesies. There are fishing rods. Okay. Uh-huh. Waiters. I mean, I love that this has all been there. And, you know, if you go back to my Bible school days, parable of the fucking Sermon on the Mount and the, the loaves and fishes, the parable is like, it's always been there. And so, I don't know. Wayne Garrett, to me, I think people are starting to understand and see if you look at who I painted, how I painted him, it's something mm-hmm. a lot more. It's a lot more. And so, yeah. It was, no, a, it was right in front of us the yeah. whole time. It's it's always been there. And that's time and time again, I've referenced things that we won't see for years, you know. Um, and then you're going to go, ah. Incredible. Yeah. I, I, that, that to me was just, you know, oh, wow. It's, it's a fun one. And it's, this is my favorite time of the year, of course. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm a big holiday guy. But, um, Anyway, thank you. This is a good one. I there's a lot to it, um, but I think this is a pretty, I'm almost say exhaustive dive into why base and why inserts, and uh, there's a lot of specifics that come out of that. But you won't learn. I think it takes six months um, to become an adequate player, and a year to two years to become expert level. You know. Yeah, and I think franchises help tremendously you know when i joined we didn't have those uh the team concept i should say um you know and that you know 
that just didn't exist. You were sort of on your own. And now that is absolutely not the case. And there's yeah. so many wonderful people. And it's I think it's good that we did this. We've got we've got so many new people that need to to take you know sit with us for a while. And yeah. hey, this is one of those you got some time to decompress during the holidays or whatever. Put it on, listen for a couple hours. I mean, we, yeah. we, we, <laughs> listen to it in one hour increments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good to see you, Kruton. I hope you have a lovely weekend, safe travels and such. And uh, and we'll we'll see you next week. All right, my friend. Okay, thanks. Bye.